Oh wait, what? No, because I'm like, I uh, turned your volume down. Oh right, okay. I was like, oh god, no, Lucas's volume's just on screen. It's all massive. It's just there. You can feel my presence. That's the one. Yeah. So, um, do we even know what episode we're on anymore? I do. It's episode ninety-four, Carl. Ninety-four. Like when we get to one hundred, we do anything special for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully, we'll be able to like be in person for episode hundred. That'd work. Yeah. Mm. We'll have to like try and time that. That's what six weeks. So when six weeks from now. Let's have a look. Six weeks. One, two. Is it like Halloween? It might be three, four, five, six. It's the week of Halloween. Is it right? Have you have you seen my Halloween costume as well? I saw the tweet about it. Yeah. Did you see the tweet where he's just like, "Oh, I'm going to get myself a witch's wig and some giant wraparound sunglasses and just be mm-hmm. Tommy Wiseau." Oh god. Because I've been writing some Halloween content for um, uh, uh, Fact Fiend. Okay, so yeah. like we gotta get that record like no, like six weeks ahead of time because it takes like two, three weeks for the turnaround. So mm-hmm. I want to get recorded enough time, so I've got to write the articles at first. Okay, and I was like, what costume should I wear in that video? So <laughs> I need something that's easy to throw together. I went, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, I've got to do like the Tommy Wiseau. Also, I, I apologize to the folks at home that my lighting's not great. I'm still recording in my house because although I can leave my house, uh, my COVID self isolation period is over. Uh, it's a bit of a ball, like, I mean, I drag all my recording stuff back to the office. Yeah. That's what short now is. Because it's all here, I'm just staying here for the time being. That's fair enough, yeah. Um, but no, I, I'd need to start thinking of maybe, like, a horror character that we can do for Wiki Weekends that you can just drag me kicking and screaming through the description up again. That's the one, yeah, because we have uh, something about making content. We have to plan so far in advance. At least well, for I our remember, content we do, yeah. Yeah, because I remember it was, um, like, two years ago when mm. Brad... It was like, oh, you need to start getting Christmas content. It's like, it's fucking October. He went, yeah, but we're going to take two weeks off that Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It takes like two, three weeks turnaround, and we're a month ahead on content as it is. Went, oh, yeah, shit. So we've got to start doing like Christmas content. So I was all Christmas out. I'm usually Christmas <laughs> out by like December because we've been doing so much Christmas stuff behind the scenes. And especially when I'm writing, I had to write all the Christmas articles ahead of time mm. as well. Yeah, I don't think I can get Christmas out as far as I'm aware, but um, it's like, Literally today, just saw that there's like um mm-hmm. some like Disney um like oh. Stitch Christmas plates and all you've had to say is Disney. It's Disney. It's I know like, you're gonna spend money on it. Is it worth that money for an entire set of like plates and bowls and small plates to have out for like a month? Thing is though, you can have them around. Have them out year round. We can't. We can't. You, do why that. not? Like I, I, I refuse. Is that going to be your, like, fancy Christmas cutlery? I've always thought of, like, getting joke cutlery and having that as, like, my fancy cutlery. <laughs> so, like, um, when I was in uh, university, I had, like, my Ninja Turtles glass. Oh, yeah, yeah. And my Ninja Turtles, I had an entire, like, I went to this Poundland and got a Ninja Turtles, like, kid's dinner set. Mm. It was actually really good. I had, like, the portion control on it. Oh. So it was really good when I'm, like, a student and I don't know how much pasta to have. So it's like, I'll just portion it out on my Ninja Turtles plate. Just get, like, that dinner tray full of gruel, just... No, I, like, you know, I portion out my dry pasta in there and then put it into the pan so I know exactly how much I'm going to have. Oh, uh, I see it, what you mean. It's so difficult to like, visualise how much food you're making, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a problem it I have even now. I look at a tin and I go, there's probably enough in there to feed me and I pour it into a bowl and it's like... So I know how much there. I know how much the fucking tin is. I mean, like but, hundreds um, of thousands of tins of food. It's one of those, though. I've, I always have a struggle when I'm like trying to separate out food. So like, if I've made... Oh. like. A big bowl, like a big saucepan full of like, you know, food for two to four people and then trying to divide it equally. I I struggle so much with it. 
That's why you do. I always go for the thing that um, the person who gets the biggest portion um, has the worst looking plate. That's oh, okay. the one. It's like if, I, if you've got the biggest portion, you're having the one where I accidentally just slot too much on another sauce has <laughs> gone everywhere. That's the rule. You see, like That's it's the um, serving that. It's normally as well because like I'll have meat, but Jenna's veggie, so I'll like split it, decide that's the split, and then add my meat in. So there's no going back at that point. Yeah, so as I've committed, if one person's getting more, one person's just getting more. Also, I've, I've, I keep getting to introduce you. I'm here with Lucas. It's Lucas because we always oh. get and we stream. Me, someone comes in and goes, um, "Who's that?" Yeah, and he's like, "Well, I know Lucas. So I don't bother introducing you. <laughs> you know you, so you don't bother introducing <laughs> yourself either." And. Uh, you know, this is Carl. I guess everyone I knows Carl because you're on I know, Carl's I know channel. Know that. But you know, I guess you, people don't introduce themselves on podcasts, do they? Or do they? Not I don't often, know. no. But that we can speak about that because that's something that happened to me. Hmm. Um, so when we played Smash Bros on Monday and it was awful. Oh, like, the lag was just horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I'm still waiting for the post that's going to tell me if I won those matches or not. That's how bad the lag was. <laughs> um, I did Q and A afterwards, as I often do, hmm. and I got raided um, uh... on Twitch. And I don't think I need to describe what raiding is because I'm the one who's like computer illiterate in this regard. Like I'm really hmm. bad um, at all things to do with the internet, which is quite ironic considering like my entire livelihood is dependent on me. Being able to capitalize However, Carl, on internet trends. For someone listening, say on Spotify, who is completely oblivious to the world of Twitch, mm -hmm. just what is a raid? It's to my knowledge, because that's the thing I, I'm really not too familiar with this world, um, even though I'm involved with it directly. Um, like it's just where someone's Twitch stream, where some people watching them play, mm -hmm. all go into someone else's stream at once. And I don't like raids. Mm. I have them on so me and you can raid each other because we have like a shared audience. But for the most part, um, every time I've ever been raided, it is just a bunch of people I don't know turn up in my chat, spam the emotes from the other person's um, uh, stream they were watching, and then leave. Yeah. And um, the way I thought to... Um, like, I, I struggle for a while to think, like, what's an apt comparison of what this feels like? And I often use the um, the analogy of it's a house party and people turn up and they're like assholes. And I thought, that doesn't really work. Um, but a better one I thought of is a restaurant. Mm. It's like if you're in a restaurant having a meal or you're there with like, you know, a couple of people at like um, uh, an event or something like that and then a bunch of drunk people turn up and start yelling nearby. I mean, it's like more, more so than a restaurant. It's like a bar when you're at a bar and everything's pretty chill and then the 20-person stag dude comes in all yeah. does like a shot and I've downed a pint of beer and fucks back off. And then just stands in your peripheral and just yells really loudly. Mm. Yeah, they, they yell loudly for like 10 minutes and then all like down their beers and get on to the next pub. Go on to the next. That's a really good bit. That's much better than the one that I spent like an hour. Uncomfortable <laughs> amount of time thinking about it. You thought of that on the fly, Lucas. That's why I work with you. There we go. And um, while I was doing the um, post stream Q&A that I sometimes do, mm -hmm. um, when it's not too late, um, I got raided. I didn't recognize the person's name um, and the person didn't know who I was. They just clicked my stream at random. Oh, and, right, okay. And keep in mind, I was doing Q&A, so it's me interacting with the people in my chat and it's taught to me. Mm -hmm. The entire stream gets filled with a bunch of emotes um, uh, from that other person's stream. My night bot automatically filters all of those out. And then once they've been filtered out, and I just mentioned chat, oh, I've been raided, like, please don't do this. I don't want my chat filled with a bunch of crap that um, no one can read. Mm. The people from the raid start getting really upset with me of like, well, we just try to be nice, stop being a dick about it. And it's like, what? I'm sat here trying to... And that's me. I'm yeah. so, so computer illiterate that I just couldn't understand it. Mm -hmm. 
I couldn't understand why it was happening. I'm like, I don't get this. I don't understand why anybody likes this. And I'm fully aware so, I'm an old man in that regard. And Carl was gone, yeah. No, you were gone as well on my end. Okay. So I was quiet just while you were talking, so it makes it a bit easier for me to edit. So do you want to just repeat that? Uh, you yeah. started with um, this scripture of um, uh, you know, a raids that you've seen. Yeah, so as I said, the ones I've seen that are used for good um, are like large creators coming in and going like, look, my larger audience, this is who the person is that I'm about to raid. This is why you should give a shit about them. They're like a really nice person or they're really entertaining or whatnot. Let's go over and be nice and like introduce you to a new person mm-hmm. you could follow. Yeah. That isn't what I've experienced for the most part, though. And I fully understand that aspect. So I understand that it's like um, Twitch chats in general. I get because I've had it explained to me. It's like um, an audience and spamming emotes is like applauding or cheering. Mm. I get it. And I understand that's the case. I just don't like it. And I fully admit I am an old man and I am an anomaly in this regard. I don't like it, which is why my um, nightbot just filters out em- uh, emotes mm-hmm. um, of all, like a series of them. Because I personally don't see any um, uh, situation where I would use more than one emote or like write something in all caps. Because I personally don't see any value in doing that. I turn it off. And that really, really like um, uh, conflicts with the wider culture on Twitch. It and when, you ha- when I have moments like that, when it's like, you know, a complete stranger and their audience interacting with mine, and my immediate reaction is like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> and as I said, that um, uh, person ended up getting really annoyed and was like, oh, don't be such a knob about it. It's like, I-, I didn't want you here. Hmm. It's like, I-, I don't care about growing my audience. I- I'm aware of the fact that, I, you know, uh, my success on um, uh, the internet is, um, what's the word now, finite. Hmm, yeah. And I cool. ended up talking to my girlfriend about it and um, had long discussions. I said, are, are you really not bothered about this? I said, not particularly, no, because when I quit my old job of um, like working as um, a waiter, mm-hmm. I got really sick of having to be fake. I really didn't like that my day-to-day job was being I spent most of my time doing. Um, I was not being myself. So mm. working online, the one benefit of that is I can be 100% myself. Mm-hmm. And even if being myself gets me less success than it could, like, at least I'm not having to put on a front like I used to do, which um, I feel if I did do that, I would like, my level of burnout would be a lot higher. That's fair. I'm not yeah. sure where you fall in that regard. No, yeah, and we we obviously talk about this quite a lot of a lot of the time being online and streaming and stuff. Like, it's being a little bit of an elevated version of yourself just for the sake of, course, of entertainment. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the time, you know, when we play games, we're not sitting there going, oh, how hype is this? Like, we're going, oh, it's cool. Like, I am, I am and I'm not. Game. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. But for the sake of entertainment, I try to be a bit more engaged and a bit more vocal um, than I normally would be at home. But, like, I'm still being myself. And, yeah. I, and then, I do agree that trying to be someone that isn't yourself would be tiring. And one of the um, comparisons I used when that was happening, because that inspired me to talk about it, because it's, like, it's not something I often interact with, mm. um, is I see that aspect of YouTube is very fake, and I think that contributes a lot to the burnout, because the person is forced to constantly, constantly be um, uh, like, you know, that elevated version of themselves. They are constantly forced um, to feign um, excitement, mm-hmm. and that faux friendship they have with their um, uh, audience and like, foster those parasocial relationships. Yeah. And um, like I said, I've not interacted with Twitch much, but I have like 
watched some, and I've seen like when raids and subs and stuff like that happens, and the person just absolutely flips their shit. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not a normal reaction of normal person. As you're putting that on, and I wonder how tiring that is. Like, don't get me wrong. If somebody all of a sudden out of nowhere it came up, like this person that I um I know of has just raided with fifty thousand people, I would probably lose my shit. I'd probably but think there was a glitch. When when it's like, oh, this this person that you've never heard of is raiding with three people, it's like, oh, okay, thank you for the raid. Like, I appreciate it, and that's about it, and I'll move on. Yeah, that's not what I did. I was like, why are you here? Please don't spam <laughs> emotes. And that's something I ended up talking about. It's like, because um, that group was like, oh, you're being such a dick about this. Like, I'm being myself. This is how mm. I react. I don't like this aspect of my job. I'm aware that I have to do it. And part of my success, I like to think, is because I'm honest and open about that things. Like, yeah, I, I do it because, you know, there's that sense of obligation with being online creator. You have to make yourself available. But I'm not going like, to hide the fact that it's not something I particularly relish doing. That's fair. And in, in the vein of, like, I want to word something that I said earlier better. Like, not in the, in the vein of, like, not being disingenuous and being who you are. It's like, I would say mm-hmm. that what I mean when I was talking about, you know, not getting hyped to things is normally... Yes. When I'm playing a video game, if I think something's hype, I would probably sit there and tell myself that it's hype in my head rather yeah. than say anything. And that's, that's well, I think, what I think in my head is, like, that moment when, you know, say we're playing Doom, and I'm yeah. like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Like, oh, look at that kill. Like, that's what's going on in my brain, but I would never normally just shout that at the TV if I'm playing. Well, that's what much of um, streaming and recording gameplay stuff is. It's um, mm-hmm. making your internal dialogue external. Or your internal monologue, sorry. Yeah. External. It's just saying what comes into your head, and it's um, a skill. We've talked about it. It is a skill. It's a skill that can be developed, and it's a skill that not many people have. Um, as evidenced by the fact there are so many um, like, you know, fledgling content creators who can't seem to get over uh, the initial hump of just never shutting the fuck up. Or the opposite, where they will sit there in silence until that ticker goes to like one or two viewers and, and then, then start talking. Even though that ticker, people don't realise, is like maybe anywhere between 20 seconds and a minute behind so somebody will come in see a person playing in silence or not answering any questions or whatever you're streaming Mm -hmm. just being completely stoic and silent and they'll already be gone by the time you realize that they're there yeah it is um, a skill that's hard to learn because it's so unnatural it's not the way a normal person Mm -hmm. goes about their day most people keep their internal thoughts inside their head because that's largely where they live and that's why, especially, you know, when we were beginning streaming, we both tended to not really do solo streams very much. No, we always like to have that other person to bounce off of. And that's why, um, like with Q&A and stuff, I find it very awkward. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware of the fact that I, I like, I don't like to, but I know that people like me to do it. People like to have that ability to interact with me. And like stuff like having that interrupted, it frustrates me because it's like, I'm already not comfortable doing this. <laughs> And then there's this other thing that makes it more uncomfortable on top of that. A new unexpected element just pops into the the mix, yeah. Uh, Because believe it or not, um, uh, despite me having a very forward-facing job where I have uh, a facade of confidence, I'm very, very um, uh, hyper-specific and anal about my content. Hmm. I think that's a trait of a lot of content creators where they never think anything perfect. Nothing's ever good enough. They're always being very self-critical. Yeah, and there's a big difference between when I make a genuine mistake with a video, you know, the audio gets messed up or whatever it is, 
Um, that is something that I can admit. Yeah, people are going to pick up on, and then I click it and go, "Oh, okay, that's a that's a big mistake." But when it is something that's minor that nobody ever notices, nobody ever comments on, but I'm still sitting there going, "But I know it's, it's there. there." And one person will comment, "Like, oh, I knew it." I knew mm. it. I mean, it's similar to um, like something similar happened as when I'm streaming. Like, I've had many a time where I've like, finished the stream, and I didn't say anything funny during that. Mm, yeah. I, I or I'll go and I'll download the vod. For um, a, a stream, and I've got, I don't want to edit this because like, I don't think I was like very entertaining for that. So I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna delete it. I'm not even gonna bother trying to edit something together for YouTube because I don't think people are gonna watch this. And that's been something that I've experienced more. Again, going to try and do some more solo streams, and obviously we're just doing it to kind of build our own solo brands and be able to mm -hmm. just kind of be on stream without the other person expected to be there and. It's one of those things of looking back and I'm just like, oh, there's that that bit there. Like, no, I wasn't very entertaining there. Oh, I was just a bit quiet there. Like, I was too focused and just, I, there's a lot of the time when I'm just editing it and I'm like, I don't want to edit this anymore. One for me is when I'm editing and I look at the um, the sound file below and I'll notice like a good 10, 15 seconds where there's no sound <laughs> 15 seconds. That's why I was like, you know, into the gameplay, but it's like, oh man, that's like 15 seconds of silence. That's like death. Yeah. It's like 15 seconds of silence is really, really a long time. And if anyone's wondering, well, we can't be that long. Go have a conversation with somebody and don't say a word for 15 seconds after the talk to you. Well, I was tempted to just say, let's do it in the podcast, but it would be such a long gap that it would freak people the fuck out trying to listen to this podcast. People might try and fast forward past it, yeah. Or stop listening, yeah. Yeah, it is uh, an uncomfortable length of time, and it goes back to that. It's a skill to never shut the hell up. And I think, like, you know, this podcast itself has helped us with that. So we can talk about absolute nonsense for two straight <laughs> hours consistently. There's many times where we've had to, like, stop ourselves. Yeah. There is, a, like, a good example is probably the um, the Jesus Hercules one from, like, last week, and it's just... I did get some feedback to that as well. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. So I put like, a poll on uh, Twitter. You can follow me at mm -hmm. Um I'll go try and track it down now, see if we've got any responses. Most people are saying like, Hercules is going to win. Of course, yeah. And it's, and it's one of those things where like I get it. Like Hercules is known for being very strong, but it frustrates me uh, that people aren't engaging with this admittedly very silly topic, but in a more um, uh, nuanced way. They're not taking it as seriously as us. They just go, Hercules is strong, therefore he'd win. Yeah, and uh, so I put the thing out, and the final tally was um, uh, 1,253 votes. Hmm. So thank you to everyone who voted. 78.5% um, for Hercules, 21.5% for Jesus. It's and a pretty strong was, win there, yeah. It is a pretty um, uh, consistent, not consistent, conclusive victory for Hercules there. Yeah. Uh, but like, the amount of people are like, well, Jesus wouldn't fight. It's like, yeah, but this is a, a fictional, the entire theoretical battle. Provazo is that Jesus is in a situation in which he would fight. I also love as well. There are people like showing their ass about um uh, like how little or much they know mm. um, about the respective mythologies of each character. Where there's one person like, I don't think Jesus is a very violent man, and I just like respond to that with that picture of Jesus whipping people <laughs> in the fucking temple. <laughs> It's like, he's so violent, he loves it. It's like, that's the thing is, he's generally not, but if he's forced into violence, he will do it. Yeah, and then the other one is the amount of people like, oh, well, Jesus can just turn the water in Hercules' blood. 
into wine. My girlfriend corrected me about this because I had a similar idea. And actually, no, Hercules doesn't have blood. Because he's a god. Gods don't have blood. They have some sort of other like divine substance. It's like divine energy rather than blood flowing through the veins. There's some specific substance they have. They don't actually bleed blood. They bleed something else. And presumably there's no water in that for Jesus to turn to wine. Also, the the whole thing wasn't that you could turn blood into wine. It was that I know there's some water in your blood, obviously, but hey, the seventy percent, your seventy percent, you'd just be getting you fucking drunk, a wiped out drunk, admittedly. But I do yeah. like those conversations that we have, which is like, who the fuck would win in this fist fight? Mm-hmm. The idea of like Jesus fist fighting Hercules is silly. But I don't think he'd fist fight. I mean, he's like got angels and whips to do his bidding, Carl. He's got all that bollocks. I mean, so speaking of Greek myth, okay. Um, let's bring, right, I want to talk about some God of War. Yes. Because uh, was it the PlayStation trailer? On PlayStation, there was Sony. like a PlayStation showcase um, uh, last Thursday. Oh, as well, someone in uh, chat said, "Gods bleed ichor." I believe it is. Um, it's golden. Uh-huh. So that's the, the the divine substance that all gods in Greek myth bleed. Not blood, ichor. But there's no word on whether it has water in it. Yeah, it was the, you said the Sony showcase. Yeah, there was a like Sony PlayStation showcase last Thursday, so a week ago from when this um, podcast goes out. Yeah, and there was a bunch of trailers dropped for some stuff I'm really excited about, like Spider-Man 2 1. The moment I saw that, and I just heard and just went, yeah, Venom. I think they're doing our idea as well, because you seem to be controlling two Spider-Men in that. So they've confirmed it's um, single player, though. Is it single player, but you control both? They, they haven't said whether you control both Spider-Men. They've just said it won't be like a co-op game. Well, um, there are two Spider-Men on screen, and there's a third character, maybe. Our idea, Lucas. Because I believe, if I'm reading the trailer correctly, it's Venom saying that they will put up a fight against another villain. So them three I'm... teaming up. And I think a lot of people read it as like Venom being like the one, I'm going to get Spider-Man. But I think it's that he's going to team up with Spider-Man to fight against a, a different villain. I initially thought it was Craven the Hunter because he talks about hunting. And like try to catch the, the I mean, prey. I don't know how Craven the Hunter is. Like, I don't know how strong Craven the Hunter is. If he could put up a fight against two Spider Men and Venom, that's the thing though. Like, it's in line with that series. Mm-hmm. Well, not series. It's not. It's like it's one game so far. But like they have obscure villains in it. Like they made Mister Negative the primary villain. Yeah, and he's he's game. like what a relatively new Spider Man villain by all means, and somewhat obscure ones. Mm-hmm. I can see them bringing in like so, like Craven the Hunter. Yeah, Craven would be really cool. I just don't. I mean, obviously they can change it for the sake of their own universe, but I don't know in terms of like comic book power level if Craven is that strong to be able to take on that fight. Just but make him that strong. They can make robot. him that strong, yeah. Just give him a fucking robot. Because so that's the thing, no one's beating two Spider Man. And Venom. No one's fucking beating two Spider Man and Venom. Like, not I am wondering, are we going to get our idea, which was that you're going to have two Spider Man? You're going to have the moveset from Miles Morales, the moveset from Spider-Man PS4, and then the third playable character, Venom. I think it might be happening. Or Venom might be DLC. Or... You can, you can make Venom DLC and I'd fucking pay for it. Because obviously they clearly made the logo the symbiote suit. That's yes. clearly what it's alluding to, because it's the black background with the white spider. Okay. And I'm wondering whether it is that Venom is in it and you gain the symbiote powers. As Spider-Man. So we talked so, about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's we... not that you're playing as Venom, it's that you're playing as 
symbiote Spider-Man and Marvel. That was um, my theory. Sorry, I was going to say, and then that would mean that you have Spider-Man with Venom powers and Spider-Man with Venom powers because Miles' powers are called like Venom powers, aren't they? Yes, because that was um, uh, something I theorised during the Miles Morales playthrough on your channel, that Mm -hmm. uh, after giving you that much freedom and additional movement options, the only way they can make Spider-Man, regular Spider-Man feel... Um, as good as that, because they can't go back in terms of movement and um, traversal mechanics that they introduce. Give him the symbiote suit and then just replicate Miles' power set with the symbiote suit. Or just give him an alternate power set where Spider-Man is, you know, the Venom-esque, really strong version of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then Miles is the mobile, like, stealthy version. And then just put Venom in it, because that's what I'm about. And then put Venom in it. And then make a sequel called like the beacon on it oh wait no no, no. Fuck that. you need to put venom i need, we need if, if they're gonna make that game if we don't get a shot of venom driving a truck like he does in the spider-man 90s cartoon where spider-man is like on the back of a lorry and venom just pe- starts beeping the horn of a truck and pulls up next to him have you seen this it's one of my I, favorite I will have images done back in the day but i haven't seen it since i need to like bring up the image driving a truck because it's one of it's because it looks so fucking stupid because <laughs> he's just venom in a truck and he's like hey spider-man so i'm gonna send it's it to venom the discord that can spider swing and like just fling himself across New York City. I don't think yeah, he needs a truck. Lucas, look at him. He's having a great time. <laughs> He's just driving a truck. I fucking love it. Oh, but God. If we don't get that moment, I'm going to be really upset. That will be awesome. But I'm... I, I, We need to have Venom driving a truck and pipping the horn. And Specifically pipping the horn. I mean, we can't talk about Marvel Spider-Man 2 made by Insomniac Games without talking about the other Insomniac game, Carl. The thing is, it's like a 12-second trailer that just says Wolverine. and But it's, it's a Wolverine game made by Insomniac, Carl, and that's so you know, enough to sell me. I think my favourite thing about that was, like, the day after it happened, I think me and you were streaming, someone mm. asked us, what do you think of the Wolverine trailer? It's like, well, it's 10 seconds long. It's a character everybody loves, and it's been made by a company who've already established that they can make really good superhero games. It's probably going to be good. Yeah. Because it's Wolverine, and everybody loves Wolverine. He's not as popular as he was um, 10 years ago, and then 20, 30 years ago in comics. Mm, yeah. Did you know like uh, Wolverine was once so popular? Um, he was in like 15 different um, like, Marvel comic lines at once. That doesn't surprise me at all. He was simultaneously appearing in so many different things. He was just cameoing in everything. He was in like Marvel, he was in the X-Men, he was in... The Avengers, he was showing up in Spider-Man comics, he was in everything. So. Well, him and Spider-Man have been in so many different variations of Avengers and Spider-Man turned up in like Fantastic Four and stuff like that. And yeah. Those two characters are easily just the cream of the crop when it comes to Marvel popularity. Yeah, I still think, and I don't know if it's like a fake edit or not, I choose to believe it's real. There's um, a couple of great comics where Spider-Man and Wolverine, so I'm assuming, I'm not assuming, but I'm going to guess that there's going to be a Wolverine teaser or cameo in Spider-Man 2 mm. being made by Insomniac. Uh, because there is like a, a great comic where it's Spider-Man goes to a bar with Wolverine. Yeah. And you know the one I'm talking about, don't mm-hmm. you? Where they go in and Spider-Man has a drink, even though Spider-Man doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's never allowed to drink. That's a fun fact about Spider-Man. Uh, Stanley specifically said Spider-Man never drinks, mm. except for those times when he gets drunk and swings out. But um, he, he <laughs> never drinks to the point of being uh, to excess. Um, and then they get into a bar fight with Wolverine. He's like, 
why did you invite me out tonight, Logan? It's like, oh, it's my birthday. <laughs> it's just, they have such a good bromance. I, I would absolutely love it if the cameo of Peter Parker was Wolverine just sitting in a bar and Peter Parker coming in and annoying him, not realising who each other are. No, I want it to be their friends. I want it to be they just their friends to be friends. Or he does he doesn't know he's a superhero. Or if it's the case of the other way around, where Logan makes the cameo in Spider Man Two, and then they become friends for the Wolverine game, and he just like, has a couple of appearances in that. Yeah, that could work. Mm-hmm. But, um, there is like a panel that I'm going to choose to believe is real or not an edit, where it's Wolverine and Spider Man having a drink, and um, Wolverine is lamenting that Jean Grey is dead again. Because <sighs> she dies all the time, yeah. and he's like lamenting that she's dead again. And he just says to Peter Parker, there's just something about redheads. And Spider-Man goes, here, here. Because <laughs> they both like redheads. And I love that. I want that to be real. So I'm not going to look up whether he's not. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I think I've both got a thing for redheads. But Wolverine, as we established in that, the wiki weekends for him, has slept with many a non-redhead. Oh, yeah. But then again, one of the people he slept with is Mystique. And she can be whatever redhead he wants. Technically, and sleeping with Mystique is like sleeping with every redhead. Canonically redhead, right? Because so. she's blue skin no red knows. hair. Or at least that's how that she presents her like undisguised form. Yeah. That's one of the things they say about her, isn't it? It's like no one really knows what she actually looks like. Is that just what she chooses to look like? Mm-hmm. Is that her true form? Oh, what what one is it? Is it must be um the boys that I'm thinking of, where there's the shapeshifter. Yeah. It's like the fat man that turns into the, the stripper or whatever. The hot lady, yeah. Yeah. It's like, is Mystique actually just a really fat dude? We don't know. We don't know. No, no way no, of confirming. No what she looks like. There's no way of knowing exactly what she looks like about part of, the, part of the, the Mystique yeah. about the character. That's why she's fucking cold. <laughs> but um, bringing it back, I was like, God of War. And that trailer, I've, I don't think there has been a response this visceral and this just intense mm-hmm. to a trailer for a video game in a good long while um, because there has been like a huge huge discussion um, about several aspects of that trailer and um, one of the most notable being the fact that there is fours um, in that game and four is now fat yeah and that led to a huge <sighs> discussion with like some like, culminated in like a video like Eurogamer or IGN writing an article in defense of Fat Four. It's like, he's a fucking god. It doesn't matter what he looks like. No. And it's really strange to me that they are trying so hard to justify why a character looks like that mm-hmm. in a series where a Greek, like a video game OC invades the Norse pantheon. Why does it fucking matter? <laughs> From the Greek pantheon, it. can we just say? Yeah. Is, is he technically. They made an OC within the Greek pantheon and then took that out of Greece and put it into Norse mythology. Yeah, it's really seeing that discussion because I don't really care either way. It's like you can interpret the character however you want. He's not real. Mm-hmm. Thor is not real. He is a mythological figure. The way you choose to interpret him is like, you know, entirely up to you. And if anything, I'm all for a more dramatic reinterpretation. It's like, it'd be more boring if he was just a huge buff dude like Kratos. Or, you know, as most people are probably thinking in the head, MCU Thor. Who's just a huge buff dude. Yeah, it's just Chris Emsworth. And, you know, Chris Emsworth, I really enjoy his Thor, but not every interpretation has to be that. And 
in fact shouldn't be because as people are probably screaming at us right now the thor that god of war is going for is way more accurate to mythology anyway yeah where he's an asshole and he's not a big giant seven foot tall ripped as hell dude no he's just a like um he's the king of fight you know whatever the hell he is like he lives in he lives in valhalla which is the only thing you do in valhalla people don't know what valhalla is it is a giant drinking hall where you drink and eat until you are full and then go onto a battlefield and fight other fallen warriors until you die does he live in valhalla he can go there if he wants that's the one that's all you fucking do what valhalla is you eat and drink until you fall, and then you fight until you die, and then you go back and you wake up in the drinking hall again and drink some more. Mm-hmm. So all Thor does all day is drink and eat meat and then fight. It makes sense in canon that he's overweight because all he fucking does is drink and eat. And as well, like you know, it's e- uh, it's easy to just look at big, actual strong men like weightlifters yeah, and stuff. Is like they're not ripped dudes; they're just big, burly, muscly guys. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. It's so strange that people are trying to justify his build by saying, well, that's what strong men actually look like. But Kratos is in the game, mm-hmm. and he's stronger than anyone. Like, he flips um, Tia's Temple, which contains the entire universe. Mm-hmm. He flips Tia's Temple, which is one of the single greatest feats of strength in that entire series, and he looks like a generic buff character. So the fact that you've got these articles trying to justify why Thor has that body type mm-hmm. in a series where the main character does not have that body type and is canonically stronger. Also, um, they did show in that trailer, you know, they showed another God of War who is yeah. taller yeah. and skinnier than Kratos. Great. Yeah, it's almost like you don't need to have um, the God have the stereotypical bodies. In fact, it's cooler that he doesn't have that, because he's a god, he can look like a god. The I point find is that, that so... they, it's the godly energy and powers yes, they have that provides the strength, not the body shape that they have. Yeah. But one of the things I find so strange is that there are so many people trying to justify why he looks like that, when the main character of the game does not share that body type. Almost mm-hmm. like it doesn't fucking matter. And, um... And it's just embarrassing to see like that discourse happens. Like they can, you can look, it's a fucking fictional character in a video. Who gives a fuck? I mean, I I kind of a little bit just on the cynical side of me is glad that for once we're annoyed about the body type of a man, not a woman. Yes, like for that's once, like the that's one, the one like uptake of this. It's the one thing that like you know, it's the small silver lining to that problem. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like there are actual like journalistic websites writing. In defense of Fat Thor, it's like, he's a fictional fucking character. It shouldn't also, have to someone... be defended in the first place. Also, as someone points out in chat, Mamiya calls him fat in the first game. Oh, right, he calls, okay. him a fat, he calls him a fat dobber in the first game. Ah. So he's not even like the blind side people, like he's repeatedly referred to as being like a fat, useless piece of shit who just kills everybody. He's an asshole. Yeah. As Thor kind of should be. Yeah. But I, I just found that so baffling of like, Oh, well, bodybuilders actually have this type. And if you want to have build strength that allows you to um, lift heavy weights, uh, you need to look like this. It's like Kratos looks like that. Kratos looks like a fucking, like, you know, uh, a literal Greek god. Yeah. Like, he has that body type and he is lifting the entire universe. Like, he stalemated Hercules. So that's canon. Hercules in that game, the Greek god of strength. I like, thought he beat him down. 
Yeah, in God of War 3, he beats Hercules, the Greek god of strength. Yeah, so he didn't stalemate mm-hmm. him, right? He beat him. No, he stalemates him, and then he um, flips him over, and then he hits him with the Cestus. Ah, uh, okay. So he's at the very least capable of stalemating the Greek god of strength, mm-hmm. um, who is like the absolute pinnacle of strength in that pantheon, and he beats him at the very least, like, you know, um, at least matches his strength. And Hercules has that generic huge buff body type. Yeah. And that's why it's so weird. It's like, why are you trying to justify it? Just it doesn't matter. It's almost like it doesn't fucking matter. It's just a character design. Also, he's fighting um, uh, Queen of the Valkyries. Who's she? I can't remember her name. The lady. Freya. Freya is oh, in yeah. that game. Yeah, yeah. And like, and what was the hardest fight in the original God of War? Like the 2018 one? It was Sigrun, the Queen of the Valkyries. Mm-hmm. And she, like, you know, is capable of instantly killing Kratos if with one hit. Does she have that giant bodybuilder? I know she doesn't. She just looks like, you know, a Valkyrie. She's like some like lady. With but wings. again, it, no. Almost like it doesn't matter. No argument when it comes to battles of gods should it come mm-hmm. down to their, their, their body physical type body type. We were talking about Hercules versus Jesus, and at no point did we go, well, Jesus is a bit scrawny to punch Hercules. It's like, no, he's fucking. He's a god. <laughs> It's like Kratos beats, like, is it Atlas he fights? The other giant fight with the tiny little guy? Is that Atlas? He's... I'm not sure. I like, thought beats Atlas that... was um, one of the the giants, what are they call. Yeah, because like, you know, that great scene in like, um, God of War 3 where he's like, in the fingertips. Oh, you mean app? Kratos being the small guy? Yeah. Yes, that's, that's Atlas, he's yeah. Got, he gets yeah. him in the fingertips, doesn't he? And Kratos beats him. It's like, why was nobody like, saying, oh, that's not the body type of someone who can hold up the universe? <laughs> It's almost like there's no like real world parallel for what these like you know entities are able to do, so it makes no sense to like argue about it. Yeah, Kratos. Kronos, that's it. It's fight. Oh, Kronos. it's Kronos. Okay. Not that. Yeah, I knew Kronos was in the game. I couldn't remember if that sort of new fight, but um, yeah, you have like a fight against Poseidon on top of Gaia and shit like this. It's like, why are we talking about realistic body types here? And um, speaking of people arguing about historical realism for a game that's set entirely within the realm of myth and includes an OC who does not even exist in the original myth, uh, there is a character introduced right at the end of the trailer. And you already know which character I'm talking about, don't you, Lucas? Yeah. Based on the fact we're talking about, you know, controversy. And it is like a little black girl. And um, it's been pointed out to me, because I didn't know this about um, uh, uh, Norse mythology, that is um, Loki's love interest. That's his wife. Yes, apparently. And... So, uh, I guess spoilers for something that they spoiled in a tweet when they first revealed the game. Yeah, also, spoilers for a Norse myth that's thousands. This also exists in mythology already. Um, yeah. She is like the last of the giants as well. But what's really been what's similarly there's been responses to that reveal of like why is she black? It's like she's a god. It doesn't matter. Mm. Or she's like a Jotun. Who knows what the fuck Jotuns look like? Yeah. And, it, and it, even if you want to use their like argument of like, well, there were no black people in um, uh, Viking times, like not in their mythology, but in their times, that's not true. No, there are Viking burial mounds that have like samurai swords and Muslim paraphernalia <laughs> and shit like that because they travelled all over the world. Yeah, all over. Yeah, fighting. They were like Russell Crowe, like Russell Crowe in it, like travelling and fighting around the world. Oh, okay. I, and I, bringing I back things from other cultures. Yes, and as well, they also just incorporated other people into their society so when they yeah. traveled the world they brought people back from other societies with them yeah 
also, the thing is, we're not, yeah. we're not even talking about Vikings, we're talking about their mythology. I was going to say, we're talking about People who aren't the real. Nine Realms. We're not talking about Vikings, we are talking about the Nine Mythological Norse Realms. Also, someone's in my chat asking who actually questions this shit. Weird racists who don't want to say they're racist. It's like, no, it's not historically accurate. It's not historically accurate at all because, like, there's their OC fighting their pantheon. None it's of this is historically It's not even mythologically accurate, yeah, because Kratos is there. But let alone, it's not historically accurate because it's not history. No, and one of my favourite things is I think one of the developers re- like responded to someone giving them that criticism. Like, there's a guy in the game with blue skin. Mm-hmm. One of the people in the game is fucking blue. No one questioned that, did they? Also, I wonder how many of these weird racists who are like, oh, I don't want like, you forcing this into the game actually realise that Kratos is black. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I don't mean that because he's voiced by a black guy. I mean that he's dark-skinned. Um, yes, yeah, so he is covered in the ashes of his family, which makes his skin appear white, but that's actually a coating of ash up- upon his darker skin. Yeah. So I'm going to try to find Kratos without the ashes because... It um, does show up in a cutscene or something in one of the games, There's a it? couple of games where he doesn't have the ashes on and he's really, really dark-skinned. Which, you know, makes sense. But he's, but he's Greek. Yeah. So it made more sense. Like, uh, and it's one of those things where... It, it doesn't never necessarily actually... mean that he's black, but like... He's got, he like, is very dark-skinned. He's, not, he's not white as a ghost like he no, is in the well, games. That, that's one of the things he hates that name. Yeah. But like, there's a picture of Kratos without the ashes from uh, God of War, one of the prequel games, I think, one of the PSP games. And you That'll can see be like, Ghost of Sparta, I think, yeah. And you can see right there, Kratos is very dark skin. Yes. Uh, Extremely tired. Uh, which actually means that for all the people arguing this is not realistic, they should be saying, well, you need to make Atreus darker skinned Because Atreus is Kratos' son. But we don't know quite how ghostly white his mother was. She no. could have been just as pale as Kratos with the ashes, and it balanced out a little bit. Well, I would like to think that Kratos' genes are pretty fucking strong. (laughs) They must be pretty fucking strong. Again, we don't know if um, Atreus' mother was stronger than Kratos. That's food. Well, that's one of the things Kratos says, isn't it? It's that he was impressed by her fighting ability. She was a great warrior. Yeah, and she saved him Mm -hmm. from a fight. But I wonder how many of those people realise that Kratos is dark skin. And that Atreus is mixed race. Because you said, if like, you know, if you released a statement saying, oh, Atreus is mixed race, that or Kratos is like dark skinned, they'd be like, oh, it's SJW. And I was like, no, that's true, they can't. Go and go back the to games? 2006 and play Ghost of Sparta on your PSP. But did you not play the games? Are you a fake gamer yeah. fan? Do, are you a did fake you? fan of God of War? <gasps> because I've seen that on Twitter. Some people say, you know, Kratos is dark skin, right? It's like, no, he's not. He's white. It's like, no, his skin is because it's covered in ashes. <laughs> the most basic facts you'd know about Kratos if you played any of the games. Yeah. Which led to another like, thing on Twitter that absolutely fucking it sent me. And Lucas, uh, one of the other things revealed was um, a ground-up remaster of um, KOTOR. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. I was going to say, yeah, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which is a game I have never played. You never played, so are you aware of the character Darth Revan? That's the um, main. Yeah, you know, I'm aware oh, of the character. That's the post, like the figurehead of that. So it's like Darth Revan. Mm-hmm. And if people don't know what Darth Revan looks like, go Google Darth Revan. I'm going to, like, you know, drop a spoiler now for like a two decade old game, I think, at this point. Okay. And um, but before that, I need to explain why my sides were in orbit for um, a good part of this week. And that was that um, some hero on Twitter started like a fake 
outrage campaign by tweeting out, and I I don't remember the original tweet because he just sent me, I saw the responses to it, but um, did you know that for the KOTOR remake, they're making Darth Revan a woman? (laughs) And all those weird gamer boys who were complaining about, you know, the God of War stuff, come out in force to be like, I can't believe they're doing this. It's more SJW nonsense from Star Wars. They're ruining the original story. Um, in the original stuff. Well, that's the thing. Darth Revan is a woman and a man and black and white. Because Darth Revan is the player character. <laughs> that's the twist. And as it, because it's a RPG, you can make whatever character you want. Which means if you play the game as a woman, Darth Revan is a woman. Yeah. If you play the game as a, a man, Darth Revan's a man. If you play the game, like... But... It's so hilarious to see those responses. People like because they've not played the game. They very clearly not played the game because that's one of the most famous twists about the game. It's like the thing everybody knows about Kotor if yeah. you're even like remotely aware of it. Is that Darth Revan is the playable character, and it's so funny to see them like seething with rage online and loudly complaining about this change, like this change. Yeah. The air quotes because they've not played the game. They just know that. Um, a woman being in the game is bad because people on YouTube tell them that it's bad. That's it. That to me, and it's hilarious. It, it's similar of like turning around and just being, oh well, for Mass Effect Remastered, they made Shepard a woman. Yeah. Which again, character creator, you can do whatever you want, and that's I'm sure like as you say, the person who originally tweeted out was having a bit of fun with it. Oh, yeah, they were one hundred percent. It annoys that I can't remember that wording or who said it. I saw the responses to it and was howling with laughter. It's like these can't be real. Mm-hmm. People are legitimately complaining. Like, oh, I've heard and there's rumours that they're making um, Darth Revan black or a woman to appease. Like, you know, it's like, they're not doing that now. Darth Revan is the playable character. Do you not know what Kotor is? And then, you know, they're the same people where uh, they hate people not who've not played games interacting with the criticism around yeah. them. Like they hate like, you know, Anita Sarkeesian and all that bother. Like they hate it because, oh she doesn't actually play the games that she's criticizing. While they're criticizing the game, they've clearly not played. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's amazing. And it, it's, it's never so gonna funny. win. It's never gonna win, no, because um uh, those guys, and we know it's guys, um, attach so much of their personality um to video games. Mm-hmm. And they define themselves by the media they consume. And an attack on it, they feel is an attack on them. And if any of those people are watching right now, just to let you know, don't, just don't. I, I don't mean, I, I was wasn't even going to say that, but yeah, fair enough. I also agree with that statement. But I was just going to say, you're going to get real mad when I say that I always play as a woman who's given the chance. I always play, yeah, every time. Yeah. And whenever I give the options, play as a woman, just to see for what's different. Also, women for the most part in video games get more customization options. They do, and it's also just refreshing to play as a badass woman because unless you're given the option, you normally don't get to. There's obviously examples where, like, you know, Tomb Raider, Horizon, stuff like that, where, yeah, you can, but for the most part, if you're playing as a badass, like, main character, protagonist, it's, like, a male. For the normal It's the default. Yeah. And the fact that it's the default means it's boring. Mm -hmm. It's the, um, uh, like, character selection equivalent of, um, uh, going to, like, release a console... And then they release a new console a year later and it's the opposite colour and you want it because it's different. <laughs> it's that. Because I almost every single game I play is play as a white dude. Anything that gives me an option to play something different, I'm going to pick that because it's different to what I've experienced. It's like it's a new thing. I can't wait, Carl, because PlayStation 5 obviously is the white shell. They've released the Midnight Black controller 
They've now announced the Midnight Black headset. So that's the one you have to get. And it's now, it's going to be the Midnight Black console soon. It's going to be, and everyone's going to be like, what the fuck? I, did, I, I would have waited for that. It's like, no, you wouldn't. You that's the thing, though, because if they released the black one first, people would want the white one. Yeah, because, because it's, it's different, different from it's the normal one. Yeah. And that's the same way when I'm playing video games. So I want to play, I want to experience something that I've not experienced before. And for the most part, like, you know, games don't let you play it, do they? No. Or if they do, it's an afterthought or, you know, an option. And even in games where you have a choice, it almost always universally defaults to a white male. Well, like any character, like, um, creator in any game will almost always um, uh, deviate towards that for your initial starting choice, with one exception I'm aware of, and that is the NBA 2K, um, 2K NBA games. And I remember I was mm. watching a playthrough of, like, 2K20, mm. Um, I think it's like Wooly from the Best Friends was playing it and he pointed this out and it stuck out to me like, yeah wait a minute that is weird mm-hmm. where um, in the character selector it defaults to black oh okay and like uh, Wooly who is black who's playing it says have you ever seen that in a video game before and I was like holy shit I've never seen that I've never seen a game where it defaults to black I've seen a couple the... of games where the character create starts out with a random character you sometimes yeah, but default, default mm-hmm. skin tone, yeah, black. Um, and the fact that's only present in like a basketball game is a little bit problematic in of itself. But the fact that it's the only one I'm aware of where default skin tone one black. And another good thing is like I've both in the trailer for Splatoon three, um, mm-hmm. so that game's not out yet, but this is how they presented it in that trailer, and um, in Knockout City. It's that you just start as a character and it doesn't say whether they have a sex or not. It could be it any just it's just a random character. There's no like um there's no pick a male or female. It's just mm-hmm. you are a character, pick like a body type. And there's That's no it. labelling of genders or anything like that. And because yeah, you play the fucking squid. You play as a squid. All those people are gonna... Yeah, so all the people are gonna complain about that, tell me how you sex a squid. You tell me the um, uh, like the physiological differences between a female and a male squid, and then you get the right to complain. And don't just Otherwise, Google it. <laughs> just play the game. Um, but I have been playing as, you know, a female in one game recently, Carl. Okay, what game's that? Uh, and that's like, not a custom character, it's an actual character, and I've been playing okay. Final Fantasy thirteen. Fuck off talking about Final Fantasy thirteen. And man, like, I'm, I'm, stop I'm honestly, bringing it up! I'm actually breaking it down as I'm playing it and trying to like actually mm-hmm. critique the game and review it from like this perspective of what's it like 15 years later or whatever it is. That's the thing. Is there a game that has been given more chances that it does not deserve than Final Fantasy XIII? Because I know yeah. so many people like yourself. How many times have you tried to play Final Fantasy XIII and then given up? Uh, so I... I literally I played prior to this playthrough. I played it once when it came out. I finished the game. Did you get to the end? You got to the end. Yeah, I finished yeah. the game. And um You're the only person I know who didn't drop off. That's because I at the time probably had one game to buy every three months and that. was probably just stuck with the like the decision I made. You just had to. And then I haven't played it since. I have not gone back okay. since. Um but yes. I tried to play it. I want to say three, four times because every time I played it, I got to like fifteen hours and I went, "Fuck this! I'm this story is incomprehensible. Every character is boring. 
I hate every character. The game looks nice, but it's in service of this complete nonsense story, and the gameplay is bad. Poor Carl. And then every time I did that, someone's like, 20 hours in, it opens up. Do you know what point I'm at? Is it 15 hours in? in. And I'm really getting to that point where I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Exactly. And it doesn't deserve it either. It doesn't deserve the chance because like 15 hours is not a short amount of time. No, it's not. And I want to continue it through because I want to like, you know, make some content out of it. Um, But if I wasn't trying to commit myself to make content out of it, I would have dropped off. And I'm only playing it um, like on the side TV. I'm playing on like a second TV while I'm (laughs) watching something because the entire game has been walk down corridor mash a a bit and then watch a cutscene, and then uh, you know there's been about five or six challenging encounters that have been very boring and like i've had to do them one specific way and all this effort is in service of a six or seven out of ten it's not even fucking worth it it's not even like there is like a hidden gem buried beneath this it's like what's what's less than a gem like, there needs to be a term to describe something that's not a hidden gem. Like, like hidden quartz. <laughs> Just some quartz. Like, what's like a non-precious gem thing? I mean, like, quartz is a non-precious gem, right? Yeah, it's... That's like what it needs to be said. Do you like, um, I think it's, uh, who's the comedian who does it now? Do you mean a mineral? Name. That's the word. It's a hidden mineral. It's a hidden mineral. I forget what comedian it is, but they're talking about the term, um, uh... oh, it's Jack Whitehall, and he mm. really got in trouble for this, where term national treasure they use that too much we need to come up with a new term for people who aren't national treasures and he goes for example there's little mix in the audience now and i like to refer to them as regional trinkets and he got in so much trouble for that but that's what i'm thinking like what's like the the equivalent of that like it's not a hidden gem it's you know you know it is it's not a hidden gem it's like when you find like 20p on the floor it's not even hidden do you know when you're walking down the street and you see 20p and you could pick it up, but for the most part, like you don't really <laughs> want to pick. Like you could give it or take it because it's twenty fucking p at the end of the day. It's not a hidden gem. It's a well-known mineral, Carl. <laughs> That's the opposite. Yeah. That's the true, opposite true. of a hidden gem. I'd say it's like it's coins in your couch cushion. Mm. So like, you could dig in there and get them, but it's probably not worth it. And you're not going to get anything out of it, really. But then, the effort after that it fifty takes hours of out. digging through your couch cushions, you might find fifty quid, Carl. That's what Final Fantasy Thirteen is. No, it might be. You might get enough change to get, like, a can of pop. (laughs) And is it worth putting in an hour's worth of effort for a can of pop? Because the reason I want to go back to it is because there's obviously a very segmented discourse over the game now. And it has got to that point where people are, fuck Final Fantasy Thirteen. it's a shit game. Or it's Mm -hmm. a really, really fucking good game. That's the thing, yeah. Like people can't. We talked about like no one can really give a nuanced opinion of something. Like I said, there it's a six or seven out of ten. Like I am very vehement in my criticism of it because I don't think it deserves the latter thing you mentioned there, which is people defending mm-hmm. it. Which is why, like my response is like, "Fuck that game! It doesn't deserve the chances people keep insisting that I give it." And I don't like you know. I honestly don't think I would recommend a game where I have to sit through more than fifteen hours of. Why am I putting myself through this? However, from just a critical thinking standpoint, I want to get to the point where I know I enjoyed the game previously. Yeah, it's an interesting case study Mm -hmm. for that. Yeah. 
where it is uh, a game, as you mentioned, that has a very like divided critical opinion. Not uh, not a critical opinion, just critical fan opinion. opinion. What it has. Yeah, it's a very divided fan opinion. Where it's either like it's perfect ten on ten, like hidden masterpiece of the system, mm-hmm. or like horrendous piece of shit that only killed the franchise. And the actual truth is probably somewhere in the middle. It's, yeah, probably skewing towards like um, uh, the other end. Like I said, it's like a six or seven out of ten. But that's where I'm interested is because right now it's a game I would tell you to avoid like the plague, but I know I enjoyed yeah. the game by the end of it. And that's the thing, like how high is the high point after that initial just cratering mm-hmm. of expectations and feelings to make up for that? Which that well that would be interesting to see. Like how good is that like you no know, twenty game like twenty hour plus gameplay mm-hmm. to make up for that first twenty hours of how bad that is. Yeah. And it's intriguing because I'm in, I think I'm towards the end of chapter seven and I believe where it opens up is around chapter nine. So I'm getting to that point. I'm getting there. But it's more just getting like, closer. I'm, I'm, you know, as I say, I'm just shoving it to the side now to get through the crap. And it is crap at the moment. And that's the thing, like, but does it deserve that? It doesn't deserve no, it. I, it doesn't deserve it. Doesn't it. But I want to power through for the sake of my own well-being, but... That's the thing. If it wasn't for that reputation that it has of being... No, it gets good after this point. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that, I don't think it'd even be on anyone's radar today. It's only because it enjoys that very polarised reception. And it does have those like very staunch defenders today who insist that it's good. Yeah, and I, I, in my head, I have both opinions of like, I remember really having fun with it, but I remember hating it to begin with. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really intrigued to give it a fair shot. Is it the... Video game equivalent like beer. No, because that's an acquired taste, mm. isn't it? I don't think it's an acquired taste because nobody likes that first 10, 15 hours. I don't of, think I'll, I'll I've ever it. met anybody that would defend just yeah, the corridor comparison. Really, like the corridor tutorial that is the start of that game and yeah. the first 20 hours of that game. That was a poor comparison because even the people I know who defend it still say the first 20 hours of that. But after that, it's so good it makes up for that first 20 hours. Mm-hmm. So I guess it'd be like it's a starter. Also, someone asking, do you read chat? Yeah. Or just say something interesting. Also... Like, say something Say something worth noticing and commenting upon. I mean, this is a live recording of a podcast for the most part. Mm-hmm. We will look at chat, but not really refer to it. That's kind of the point. Yeah, but I always I have to comment on that when I see it, because it's so baffling. Like, person enters chat, doesn't say anything interesting. Does he read chat? Yeah, I just don't find what you say interesting. Yeah, and it's, huh. like, I understand that in a normal stream, but the entire point of a stream like this is we're recording a podcast and a podcast is very different mm-hmm. from like a Q&A. Yes. But like, you know, I want to... I had a point I was going to make there. Uh, we're talking about Final Fantasy and beer, apparently. No, we were talking about Final Fantasy thirteen, which is very polarised reception. And... Oh God, no, I hate when this happens. Damn, I had a point. I had a point you I was going to make. I had a point. I did have one. It's gone there. It's gone. There was, a po- there was a point here. It's gone. Carl drank that beer and he lost his mind. It's just water. No, I know. It's just water, mate. I know. Well, um, okay, we'll use that as a jumping off point then. Like, the solid 7 out of 10, the super polarised reception, mm. because um, that is something we've talked about before, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Like, the idea of um, something has to either be a 10 out of 10 or a complete piece of shit. And there's never any nuance about the opinion. Yeah. Um, at least when it comes to when, like, fan reception to a lot of things. Obviously, critical like, reception, people are paid to have a bit more of a, a thought than just it's good or bad. 
Yeah, that's why they're paid to review films for a living. Yeah. And all the people who say that um, like um, games criticism and like, film criticism is worthless, um, it's not even worth listening to them. Yeah, it's but not. In that vein, like, what are your, like, just, I will never, ever hear a bad word about this, or I will just unreservedly shit on this thing when I first hear about it. Like, what are yours of them? Like, what are the things that, like, are so key to your personality? So, you know, we talked about, like, you know, people attaching their personality to games and mm-hmm. media that they like. Is there anything like that for you that you like it or hate it so much that you just, you can't even begin to approach, um, like, the discussion that reaches that middle ground? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think so, but I think the closest I come to that might just be because I know it's a bad game, but this element just made me love it is the Chow Garden in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Ah. And I'm like, I know that Sonic Adventure that 2 Sonic is a bad game. I know it. But, but that Chow Garden, Garden I will like, so good. I will live and die for those little babies. Yeah, I you will defend that to the hilt. And I know it's not good, but it it's I like I think it you... really just envelops a lot of what I like about Pokemon of just raising these creatures to be loved and looked after and customize them to yeah. your own will basically. You feel that that element of the game is so good that it basically eclipses all criticism. It doesn't matter what criticism you levy against it because it has Chow Gardens in it. Exactly. And you know when I make my little Shadow the Hedgehog looking Chow and make it get like a little a little demon tail and a unicorn horn and little, send out to the races the to like murder these easy mode baby chows. It's such a good feeling. Just like Shadow would want. Like, like just... <laughs> I can't think there's anything like that for me. Do you know what it is? No, it's Robocop. Oh, okay. Robocop is... A, I will... I refuse to even entertain the idea that that film is not a fucking masterpiece. Well, I nearly fell and asleep film, in the cinema watching it. That's the twenty. <laughs> it is a fucking masterpiece of um, uh, filmmaking mm. because I contend it's one of the best films where it is there is not a single wasted second in that film. It is like 90 minutes long. Every single second of that film contains either entertainment or information. Mm. It is... Like one of the most well crafted films, like the effects in it are phenomenal. The story is fantastic. It is just immaculately well made, and everything. And the fact that when I like you look into all the behind the scenes stuff of how it almost didn't come to be, mm-hmm. there were so many things that nearly killed that film. The idea in the crib to the point where the script initially got thrown straight in the bin by the director oh, until his wife fished it out of the bin and yeah. read a few pages and went, I, th- I think there's more to this film than. Um, the, the title, Robocop, initially suggests, mm. I believe the quote uh, from Paul Verhoeven is that his wife told him, it's like, there is a heart here if a good enough director wrote, like, directed this film. Right. And I think you're that. I think you're the director who can find the heart in this film. That's cool. So that's one for me. If like, anyone who says, like, Robocop's a dumb action movie, it's like, fuck off. You just don't know. Like, you don't, you do not under- I hate saying you don't understand, so like, you do not understand how the film, like, the film is constructed. It is not a dull action movie. It is a fucking horror movie hidden inside <laughs> an action movie, hidden inside a drama. And ironically, Robocop himself has no heart. He's a robotic cat. Yeah. He plays everything. Full body prosthesis. Apart from like, this bad, bit of his head. Because he's going to be a bad motherfucker. He's just Raiden, isn't he? It's like he's, I, I think Raiden might have more human parts left than Robocop. Potentially, yeah. 
Ryzen probably has more human parts than Robocop does. And I remembered the thing I was going to talk about. Um, I remembered what I was okay. talking, so I, rem- I reminded myself of what I was talking about. And it is something we've mentioned in the past. Mm. So I'm going to mention it now, and then we'll have to go for a quick battle break. Yeah. It is um, the critical reanalysis that fans like to do of things that are bad, objectively. Or good, objectively, um, purely to be um, a contrarian. Right, okay. And speaking of Spider-Man, uh, we did the Spider-Man 2, well, we did the Spider-Man playthrough, mm-hmm. and in that game, I mentioned, I think towards the end of it, or maybe in the Miles Morales playthrough, when are we going to get to the point, how long does it have to be for this game to be out for us to start getting those contrarian articles or YouTube videos like that say, oh, Spider-Man PS4 was never mm-hmm. And in that vein, Lucas, I, I'd want you to think in your head while I go I've already room. got one, don't worry. Uh, okay, it's like in chat, you know, maybe yeah. you've got some examples of like stuff that fans are trying to um, uh, like critically re- like reanalyze mm-hmm. that doesn't deserve it. And before anyone says it, I'm just going to say the prequel trilogy. Because that's obviously oh, the God. most obvious yeah. example. But I'm going to quickly go to the bathroom and we'll be back in a cool. second. I'm just going to... Um... I'm just going to, if anyone can hear me, be nice and quiet, just so that I can clip this on the podcast real easy. I'm not going to lie about it. It's the one perk of recording in my house. Just yeah, like. yeah. Uh, but, just, okay. for, just for sake of um, recording, just stay nice and quiet while you're there. Oh, okay. Just staring directly into I the was, camera. I was just reading something on, uh, online, yeah. Okay, so, um, uh, Lucas, what is something... I mean, okay, you know what? We can cut this out in the recording. That's the thing. In the, <laughs> the final edit, you can just cut this out. Let me try that bit again. All right, so I'm back now, Lucas. And can you you thought of um, your piece of media that fans are insisting undergo a critical reevaluation that doesn't deserve it? Uh, yeah. It? So the moment you said that, it was that maybe like six months, maybe after a year, maybe after two years, I started noticing the discourse turn on Breath of the Wild. Oh, I've seen this too. Like Breath of the Wild was never good. Breath of the Wild actually Breath not a very good Zelda game. It's like yeah. In context, Breath of the Wild got like near universal 10 on 10s from every reviewing outlet to exist and um, has near universal um, uh, it is is in everyone I've ever talked to is in near universal agreement, it is like a fantastic game. But as Lucas said, a couple of months after it came out because you can't just have something be good Mm -hmm. and be praised for being good without someone going, well actually it's not that great just to be a contrarian and before just to get that opinion out anyone wants to like have this conversation there's a very like valid point to make 
that in terms of what a Zelda game is, it doesn't follow mm-hmm. that trend very well and is therefore, you know, not a very Zelda feeling game. And I can totally cool. understand that. But saying that it's not a good game or not a good Zelda game is a completely different conversation. Yeah. And that's the one people want to have is, well, it's not a very good game, is it really? It's a 7 out of 10. It's, it's, no, fuck it's a fucking fantastic game. Absolutely uh, go and just crawl back into your hole if you think the Breath of the Wild is not an incredible game. Well, it's just people trying to be contrarian. Like, there's, and then it's not often you get it, but there is the occasion where you will get that in the world of actual criticism. Mm-hmm. And I, the example that's been is Paddington 2. Remember this? <laughs> Paddington 2, which has like, I think it's the best reviewed film on IMDb. It has like the highest rating on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Like, every single reviewer reviewed it. Gave it 10 out of 10. I know that and then, on Rotten Tomatoes, it had a 100% rating of 7 or above. Yeah, until one critic just gave it like a 7 out of 10. You know what? It's not actually that good. It's like, well, every other person who's ever reviewed this film in a professional capacity and is respected in the industry for film criticism gave it a perfect 10 on 10. <laughs> the fuck did you notice that they didn't? And that's the one of like, you know the only reason that guy's saying that is to get those clips. Mm-hmm. They're saying it because they want to be contrarian. It's like, no, it actually wasn't that good. It's like, fuck you. Everybody else agrees. What is it you notice that they didn't? Yeah. And that's what they want to be. They want to be the one who notices the mistake, the flaw that nobody else did. The um, hidden gem that was the Star Wars prequel trilogy, as you said, Cap. I fucking, like, the, the push from fans to say that the Star Wars prequel trilogy was good, I fucking hate it because it is... As you mentioned earlier, it's completely unearned. Yeah, yeah. It is so unearned. Those films are fucking awful. And they have a couple are, of decent action sequences in them. That's about it. Like their success or their continued success in the modern day is entirely mimetic. And I guarantee you all the people who like post the memes and say that the film's good. Because like the one that gets me, the people saying the prequel trilogy is better than the sequel it's trilogy. It's not. It's like just from a filmmaking standpoint, no, they're not. No. Just from, you know, a basic storytelling perspective, no, they're not. And the one thing that but, normally older movies get away with is regardless of whether they're better or not, at least they're shorter and they get over quicker. The prequel trilogy is not even short compared to the sequel trilogy. Yeah. So the story I tell is me and my girlfriend, like, as a joke, trying to watch one of the prequel movies, and we forgot, like, 30 minutes of each movie at the start is just talking. And the Let CGI me tell is you about the awful. Trade Federation. Fuck <laughs> yeah. No! Like the, the effects are awful, mm. the acting is terrible, all of the characters don't act like the characters. But Carl, there's memes. None of them act like... Memes, Carl. And that's the thing, yeah, it's um, uh, the only reason it's carried is because of memes. And the only reason it has and memes is because of how bad it was in the first place! The oh. only way people can enjoy it is ironically. And I don't mind people enjoying something ironically, but I have seen people legitimately try and put forward that those films are good and that they're better than the modern mm-hmm. ones. It's like, no, I, I get that you don't like the, the new one because they have women in them. Yeah. But the, just because you don't like the modern ones does not mean the ones that had the memes in them are better. A film being meme worthy does not mean it is a good example of filmmaking. No. And it, it gets me. I don't understand. In fact, it probably proves why people are so keen. Yeah, I don't get why people are so keen to push that idea 
of these films being like hidden masterpieces or like they weren't appreciated in their time. It's like they were appreciated in their time. Those films made hundreds of millions of dollars upon release. It's only after the fact, after the hype died down, that critical reanalysis of the prequels happened and people realized, no, these films are bad. Mm. It was the um, uh, the uh, Plinkett reviews where they break down. Like they're just bad from just a filmmaking standpoint. Mm-hmm. And the point made about um, the first one, which was the first one again, um, the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is that the Phantom Menace doesn't even have a main character. The film is so bad it doesn't even have a main character. Well, I mean, because it's, you... it's Obi Wan, but it's Anakin, but it's Darth Maul, but it's Padme. Yeah, but it's quite. That's the one. Like, who is like, who's the main character of the prequel trilogy or of um, the Phantom Menace? She'd be inclined to say Anakin. Anakin's not introduced till like 30, 40 minutes into the film. I'm inclined to say that the main character of the entire thing is probably Obi-Wan, not Anakin. Well, that's like, you know, retrospectively. Yes, yeah. When the film was first made, who was in all the um, promotional material? Mm-hmm. It was Anakin. Because Anakin Skywalker is the one you want to know about because he's the one that eventually yeah. becomes Darth Vader. And who was like um, in the lead up to all those films getting released, who was always touted as the main character? I'm presuming Anakin. Anakin. But yeah, I would definitely say that when you watch it back, it's definitely Obi-Wan. And that's with the gift of hindsight. Yeah, yeah totally. But back then, they didn't have that. And just the idea that um, the film doesn't even have a main character, or one that's easily noticeable. That's like the first thing. That's rule, rule number one of making a movie. Rule number one is, who's your main character? Well, who's the main character of Star Wars, Carl? Episode four to, four to six. Oh, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I, I always thought it was about Obi-Wan. No, you didn't. You watched those films and they were released. No, you didn't. Because you got told they weren't. You, you got told it no, was yeah, the story the, of Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader. Yeah. That was the uh, how those films Unless you watched it 10 years after they released for the first time. like. Yeah, in which case... You like, watched them got... during the zeitgeist. You did not think like that. Yeah. I watched them when they came out when I was younger and I always thought Anakin was the main character. And just like see it broken down years after the fact. It's like, well, Anakin's not even in half the films he's supposed to be a main character of. And the other one as well is that none of the characters have any discernible defining traits. Uh, but at Red Letter Media, again, they ask um, uh, a couple of people, um, describe the character of um, Qui-Gon Jinn without describing what he looks like. And people are like, uh, uh, Well, you know, uh, he's a Jedi, so he's stoic and quiet. Like, describe him without describing what he looks like. Can't. Describe what Anakin is. Like, describe Anakin's character in the first movie. Without describing what it Emotional. Like. That's that's all. You, the only descriptor I've got for Anakin throughout the entire trilogy is emotional. Oh man, we well, watched it in theater as a senior in high school. Well, you were apparently very um, uh, prescient in your ability to view films. When you watched a film where Obi Wan Kenobi is not on screen uh, for about like fifty percent of it, when he's the main <laughs> character, but that was very prescient if you would notice that he would become the most important character in that film's like series before it even because he was the Padawan. Like, he wasn't pushed as the main character. It was about Anakin Skywalker a big, and Qui-Gon was a big the actor. Yeah. You've seen all the marketing material and stuff like that. It was always um, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. But then Qui-Gon Jinn dies. It's like, this thing is just a mess. And the idea that people are trying to reevaluate it. Say, no, they were actually like, you know, hidden gems. They were, like, there's a lot of depth to them that you don't really see. It's like, no, that's depth you're adding to justify you liking it. Mm. George Lucas did not intend any of this. He's a fucking terrible writer. I mean, I'm presuming that George Lucas didn't even write the trilogy as a whole. Uh, he wrote the prequel trilogy. No, no, the prequel I, trilogy I, is a great. I mean, I'm presuming he wrote them one by one and not like one to three all in like one go with he everything. Supposedly in mind. had them all. 
he supposedly had them on. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, and there's um, a great... Doesn't feel like it. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't, no. There was a great breakdown of the prequel trilogy, um, where it is being argued that the prequel trilogy is potentially the single most expensive indie film ever shot. Because um, George Lucas had complete and utter creative control over the prequel trilogy, mm. and he owned everything that made it, because he owned ILM. Oh, shit, yeah. So he owned Industrial Light and mm. Magic, so it was effectively an indie production because he controlled and owned every aspect of production, also including the effects and the distribution, I think, because he also had deals with like Fox and stuff like that to put them out. Mm. So there's been an argument that it is, like, it is one man's vision realized on this huge, vast scale because he was just so rich and influential. So it's technically you can technically classify the prequel trilogies in movies. The real question, though, Carl, is like, when does somebody come back to us and say, I knew that Jar Jar Binks was the main character who was the like secret Sith all along? When does that theory come yeah. into play? I don't mind things like that. I don't mind the fun people... fan theory side of it, no. But it's when people get pissed off that they don't get confirmed. Because mm. I believe that George Lucas or somebody turned around and was like, no, that's complete nonsense, what you're on about. Yeah. And then Even though we did have... There's that quote from him of Jar Jar is really important. He's the key to all of this. Yeah. And that gets taken out of context and George Lucas was talking about the marketing, the merchandising. <laughs> he wasn't talking about the film and the story. He was talking about the merchandising. He's the key to making me all the money. Yeah. And goddamn, like, I, again, just poorly written in the sense of just Jar Jar alone. Yeah. Like, he's um, a terrible character. Not no, terribly made He's a film. terrible like, character that gets a completely unjust promotion to like a senator when he's mocked as being the most bumbling idiots of bumbling idiots and they go yeah let's make this guy a politician which yeah. admittedly happens a lot in real life look at our fucking prime minister but yeah. it's comical well, that, uh, I, I'm not the biggest fan of people artificially after the fact adding depth that was not there um, to try and artificially inflate the um, critical opinion of something it's like no those movies were bad the enjoyment you get from them is either ironic or entirely informed by memes. If you look at them as just pieces of media without the gift of hindsight and all this extra stuff you know about it, they're just fundamentally... Well, cool. even Star Wars Examples itself tried to do it because they have things like the Clone Wars to make Anakin have an actual character progression. Yes, because he doesn't have one if you only follow the um, canon of the movies. It, it, the jump between two and three is super jarring without the Clone Wars, and... That yeah. is something that they added after the fact to try and justify the badly written movies. And when you've got to do that, that's not really an example of good filmmaking or storytelling. No. It's just when they drop things that sound way more interesting than the movies. Of like, oh, well, you know, I do owe you one after this mission that we had. Wink, wink. It's like, well, I want to see that. Where's that in the films? Well, that's where the prequels come from. It was like, oh, it happened during the Clone Wars. And everyone was and the like, idea what the of the fuck Clone Wars? The Clone Wars? And the idea of the Clone Wars is so much more interesting when it exists as a concept. When Luke just mentioned, oh, you fought in the Clone Wars. No, and then you the just Wars. get you your imagination to just leave it leave it to it. Yeah, That's called world building. And it's very important to um, establishing a universe. And if anyone dare tells me that George Lucas had the idea for the prequels when he put that line in, Star Wars A New Hope, you can absolutely go do one. No, that's what people like to do. They like to pretend that he always had it all figured out from the start. Like, no one did. 
these things were like fly by the seat of your pants. Like Star Wars was a film famously saved in the edit. Mm-hmm. And um, there are stories about um, all the changes that were made to it. Like even when it was in cinemas, George Lucas was making changes. Mm-hmm. Like he was changing the score. He was sending new film reels out that had um, changes made to the opening crawl and things like that for mistakes that he noticed during edit. It's like what we talked about earlier with being like so self-critical. Yeah. George Lucas was like that. He was making changes and edits to the movies while they were in the cinema and releasing new theatrical, like, theatrical cuts that had like minor changes. Like so minor, in fact, most people didn't notice them. I'm told think it ended in Zack Snyder. Oh, but like, is there any other like you know piece of media you've seen that people are like fans are trying to um, force a critical reevaluation? Because one of the jokes we made when we talked about like the Spider-Man play is, I can't wait for people to start doing about the early generation of Xbox One games. Mm. I can't wait for people like you know what was a really good game, Rise Son of Rome. It's like fuck off. I have I mean, seen that's not happened yet, has it? I have seen people say. Both Rise, Son of Rome, and the Order eighteen eighty six are like actually really good gems that people missed out on. Like, fuck off, no, they're not. And that's just because they want to be contrarian. You know what? Knack ten out of ten. Remember Knack, Carl? No. <laughs> there you and go. They just wanted it. And do you know what? Let's do something now, Luke. Right? Let's say we are given the ability to give any piece of media the Star Wars prequel trilogy treatment and have just an intensely rabid fan base emerge from nowhere and just claim that this thing is the greatest shit to have ever existed. What bad piece of media or forgotten piece of media or like, you know, mediocre piece of media would you want to give that treatment to? And the more undeserving, the better. Okay, because to start with, when you weren't going to say bad, I was like, it is kind of happening to my dream of... People are remembering how good Super Monkey Ball is and hyping it up on Twitter that's, and stuff. That's the thing, Super Monkey, Ball, Super always Monkey good. Ball was a great game. Super Monkey Ball is the definition of a hidden yeah. gem because people who know about it, they fucking know how good it is, but then people play it and they're like, oh my god, Super Monkey Ball. Um, this shit's the best word it's been hiding. Oh. But like, what mediocre piece of media would you want to give that super undeserved push to just to see the world burn? Um, this this is a tough one. I'm thinking that there's gotta be. I mean, part of me really wants there to be a push to just say the Joel Schumacher Batman films were the best Batman movies. Like, you know what my thing is, there is a tiny, tiny so outspoken like, oh, there, there's elements of those movies that stand up better now when Zack Snyder's Justice League exists. Yeah, and especially with the context of knowing that Joel Schumacher was evoking the feeling of the 1960s Adam West mm-hmm. Batman. With that context in mind, it like there is like you know a actual argument for a critical reevaluation to take place because the reason those movies were so maligned at release is because they came straight after the Tim Burton one, and the tonal shift was so like just give people whiplash. Mm-hmm. Well, in if you look at those things in a vacuum and you look at the making of them, the inspiration for them, and I still don't think uh, they're good movies. Going back and watching yeah, them, but there I is- think that. that- they get a worse reputation than they deserve when you know what things like that about them. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't think as well like this would apply to them because they they are known, they are talked about, and they are discussed. Mm, true. Okay. And it's the funny as well because people in my chat are saying like the room, the room has already undergone a critical reanalysis. It already mm. exists. It's already had that. There are already people. I've met people who insist that the room is a good movie because they find it funny and they like because the memes. Like, no, it's not. It's a always the memes. It's can't. funny bad. But people saying like the Raimi movies. Who the fuck is talking shit about the Raimi movies? 
I've never heard well, anyone say a negative thing about that. that. There has been a bit of a, a backswing on Spider-Man 3 of people defending how good it is. And it's like, yeah. it was, it was mediocre. The first two were great. Number three was just crammed with too much shit. Um, it didn't give its its characters time to breathe. Yeah, cause I think if I was gonna go old school, I'd go for who was that really shit James Bond? Who was the guy who played James Bond? Like one was it like George Lazenby? George Lazenby, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in like one Bond movie. And it was wasn't shit. it? Was it that he was in Casino Royale and they remade it with Daniel Craig? I can't remember like the details. I'm on not it. sure, but I. I'd want to like give that a push. Mm. I'd want the like just a fan campaign to emerge from nowhere of like, no, that one movie is the best Bond movie. <laughs> I'd want that. I just want like this to be a huge push for like that one movie in this twenty movie series is the best one, even <laughs> though it's the worst. Just to see the chaos that would emerge. Oh no! Apparently, um, it seems like he was in um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Again, I apologise for getting it wrong, but apparently that came in 19, 1969. It was also like, one of the best, uh, one of the worst Bond, received Bond movies ever, and his performance was criticised. And I think one of the facts about that, making that movie that is, um, it sticks in my head, is that, I think it is George, is George Lazenby, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. You just Google that. Uh, he never wore a suit before. <laughs> and he was playing James Bond. And the reason that's so hilarious is because one of the pieces of advice like Daniel Craig got from Pierce Brosnan mm. is just wear a suit. Like, buy a, buy a really nice fitted suit, go buy a bespoke suit, wear it every day. Wear it when you're making your breakfast, wear it when you're walking around. You need to look as so comfortable in that suit like it's like a second suit. Yeah, it should be, yeah. For James Bond, it should be. Yeah, and George um, Lazenby had never worn a suit before. <laughs> You know, also, I don't think he ever acted Certainly in a big movie. And he just, I think he just lied about his CV. I'm almost positive he like lied about his CV. I did just have it up there. Yeah, I'd want this pal. I'd want there to be a push for that. Just to have like you know the same kind of um, uh, rabid fan base that like just vehemently defends the prequel movies as being good and insists that they're good and keeps making memes mm. of them. Make memes of that really crap James Bond movie just to confuse the shit out of the executives. <laughs> like. Why do people <laughs> like this one? Um, so, Carl, just double-checked again on. According to his Wikipedia, in 1968, mm-hmm. after Sean Connery left the role of James Bond, producer Albert R. Broccoli met Lazenby for the first time while they were getting their hair cut at the same barbershop. Broccoli <laughs> later saw him in the Big Fry commercial and felt he could possibly be a James Bond, in which he invited him to a screen test. That's what we need. We need that to become Jane Bond. <laughs> That's the one. Oh, God. We need that. My focus. No. You've done it. You were laughing too hard. But I want that. That's the ca- That's the level of just forgottenness. Or believe Extraordinary Gentleman movies. Oh, no. No, don't even say you know that. that one, did, that, did it ever get a sequel? There was just the Sean Connery one, wasn't it? That, that ended just his Sean career. Con- okay. You know what? He didn't end his career, he just decided to stop making movies. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, very yeah. different. It was like his swan song of his entire career was fucking League of Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen. So, you know what? Let, yeah, let's give that Let's give that the um, prequel trilogy push. And let's try and get that trending enough for like Universal to try and make another one. The thing is, I was about to joke about Watchmen, but people already pushed that because it's Zack Snyder. He's already had it. He's already had mm. that push. It's a mediocre movie that got that push. That's what I mean. I want to say what other 
piece of media deserve that. No, yeah, I'm trying to overthink and I'm just like, I don't know. Is that, have you got any guilty pleasures? Um, Go on, what's your guilty pleasure movies? So I watched one yesterday, it was like, um, uh, oh, actually, let's see if I can find this. I, um, me and my girlfriend yesterday was like scrolling on Disney Plus for a, like Disney Plus for a yeah. film. And we stumbled across the Inspector Gadget. Oh. And the reason I wanted to watch that movie is, is that movie is one hour and ten minutes long. Yeah, that's the reaction I have. <laughs> Sorry. What? And the reason I played it because have you ever heard of a movie that's one hour and ten minutes long? I mean, a, not a, an actual full, movie. A, yeah, a full cinematic release that is just over an hour long. Because like straight I, to VHS I've never seen whatever. it. Yeah, what? No. That was released in cinema. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think I saw it in cinema. Yeah, that's me. Like, have you ever? And I saw it. and Went, oh my god, this film is this film is seventy minutes long. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to watch it. If like, and it is breakneck. I can imagine. Like, and one of the things I noticed, one of the things I noticed while I was watching it is, is that it's basically RoboCop for kids. Because mm. the backstory for Inspector Gadget in that film is he's in a car accident that completely destroys his body, and they just fill him full of robot shit to save his life and force him to become a police officer. <laughs> And that's the thing. Like, have you ever heard of a seventy-minute-long no. theatrical release? And I can't find and it. I think I um, want to, like, you know, shout out one that probably does have its fans, but just okay. Inspector Gadget just reminded me of Spy Kids. Spy Kids. Do you know what brings Spy Kids like, back? Spy Kids three D. When I had like the the really bad three D glasses that came with the VHS. And watching it no, you on know my what? home bring... TV, like oh god! Don't bring that back. Bring back 3D, but with the stupid fucking red yeah, and blue that's glasses. the ones that bring we that had to back. watch it on on the VHS. Copy bring that back. It... Like, oh. don't bring that trend all the way back and get it to have its fans. To be fair, I mean, it wasn't the the stupid green and red, but it was essentially brought back by those 3D TVs ten years ago, wasn't it? Oh man, yeah. Oh man. Someone mentioned Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Do you know that was like four or five years of difference between Chani- uh, not Chani- Taylor. Taylor Lautner in Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and then he's in Twilight. Yeah, yeah. Like, he went through so much fucking. <laughs> that is puberty. He goes. Right he went from like Shark Boy to. Because if I'm not wrong, Shark Boy and Lava Girl is made by like the same team that made Spy Kids. It's, I think. I think it's in the same universe mm, as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, let's bring that shit back. Let's bring back Spy Kids. So I wonder how many Spy Kids movies they actually made. Did, was it just the three, or did they go on to like make more? You know, before you check, I'm going to guess that Spy Kids is like Land Before Time, and they made way more than you. Is, do you think it's like secretly still going on? I think it might. Be. I think it's, I'm going to take a guess. It's one of those series. But while you're looking for that, one of the things I want to mention is that um, in the Inspector Gadget movie, there is a just a sight gag in it that put me and my girlfriend on our ass, okay. and it is. Um, uh, the main bad guy, uh, Claw, yeah, uh, he's just in his office. He's just in his office, but he's in his office at a massive desk that has behind it a like twenty foot tall portrait of himself <laughs> going like this, and then on his desk in front of him, he just has his net worth. But don't they have <laughs> the um, the James Bond villain like turn around in the seat, and he's got the cat that he's stroking as well. No, no, he has the cat, but he's just sat on his desk signing papers, and there's a 20 foot tall picture of himself behind him, and just in front of him in massive block text is his net worth counting up. And we just sort of lost our shit and went, you know what? If Jeff Bezos does that, 
all is forgiven. If he releases <laughs> a like a like a promo shot of himself at Amazon HQ with a forty foot tall portrait of himself behind him and his net worth on his front desk, facing forward so you can see it and not him, oh, I'd give it. I, I'd forgive Randy him. Pitchford. Like make it because I I don't know if I've, if you know this, but like Randy Pitchford, like he like got gearbox to buy a gallery so they could put a replica of his office as a gallery showing <laughs> yes that's amazing so, so it was like literally an art exhibit of this is what a game developer's office looks like or a creative director's a office looks like and he and just yeah thing. he got them to copy his office as an art exhibit because he owned the gallery that's it's incredible like, fucking hell you know what i respect that <laughs> <laughs> I respect that level of just like fuck you, look at me. Um, but Carl, so Spy Kids. Yes. Um, oh my god. Uh, the Spy. I know the Spy Kids series is a lot longer than people expect because the Machete films are technically part of. That they universe. are yes, because he's like their uncle in it or something. And it's the same actor and it's the same director, Robert Williams. Um, so it is technically a shared cinematic. So universe. the is like Spy Kids in two thousand and one. Uh, Spy Kids 2, The Island of Lost Dreams in 2002. Uh, Spy Kids 3D Game Over in 2003, because they fucking cranked this shit out. They were like, was that like the Saw series? <laughs> like, one every year. Um, then, in 2011, we got Spy Kids All the Time in the World, um, where Jessica Alba is apparently in it. I, I just... And then um, in 2018, we got an animated Spy Kids television show called Spy Kids Mission Critical. But in January 2021, it was announced that Skydance Media and Spyglass Media Group are developing a reboot with Robert Rodriguez. At least they're Yeah, they are. That's great. Joe Robert Rodriguez, I bet he's excited for that. He's probably hyped. It's like the first Spy Kids movie, I just felt like everyone was having so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like when you watch it, I feel like everyone's having so much fun. It's like, um, have you ever seen the film um, Sky High? No, but Disney that's Plus. the um, superhero high school, right? It's the superhero high school. It's one of those films where it's like everyone in it is clearly having so much fun, <laughs> especially like the adult actors. Because he's like got Kurt Russell. Oh my God. And Kurt, and Kurt Russell is wearing a big dumb superhero costume the entire time. So I think that... And they have a great... Like just the cusp where all those like Disney um, live action TV stuff was just getting a bit too young for my liking i was getting yeah but like i i remember watching it like last year it's like oh yeah i remember this movie being like pretty good and there were some pretty big names and i was watching it and they had to have like again just moments that put you on your ass just, just unexpected mm. like where his son gets superpowers so in that world it's, it's like um uh what's it now my hero academia where yeah people, your kids get a combination of your superpowers mm. And it is like the dad can has super strength, the mum can fly, and the kid ends up getting both superpowers at once. And Kurt Russell is like, he's a typical movie dad. He's like, I want my son to be like me. I want my son to get super strength. I can't wait for him to get super strength. And they find out he's gone to his um, superhero high school and he's used his super strength in school and got in trouble. And Kurt Russell's like to his wife, don't worry, I'll give him the talk. And he goes downstairs and he goes, I'm so excited you got superpowers. And he's like, Oh, this is not the response I expected from you, Dad. And he goes, "Well, I'm supposed to, like, you know, be like reading you the right act. Mm. So um, tell your mum that I took away your Xbox." He's like, well, "I don't have an Xbox." And he goes, "Now you have." <laughs> he just gives you an Xbox. 
Just the idea of Kurt Russell being like in a suit, in full superhero costume, just handing you an Xbox. It's like, this is the most 2000s shit ever. It's great. Yeah, I just checked and it's uh, got a few names that I recognize, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Patrick Waterburn. Yep. He's um, got Bruce Campbell in it, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, it's got Tom Kenny as well. Yeah. There we go. He's one of the teachers. Oh, God. Yeah, there's quite a few people I, I, as well that I, you know, know other names of, but they're the bigger ones that stand out. You know what? Give that the push. Sky High. Yeah, start campaigning for like a Sky High um, um, sequel. You'll be... you got to bring back up. You'll be waiting a while just because I checked on Sky High. I just went on Wikipedia, put Sky High. There's mm. like seven different movies called Sky High. It's like, will we get the right one campaigned for, Carl? Let's That's the it. question. Let's get Sky High 2. We'll get Sky we'll High 2, but it'll be Sky High the 1969 movie. And it's like, no, oh god, no. It's like the idea of like forcing actors to come back movies they don't want to do. So it was, um, uh, I think it's Red Letter Media, mm. and they are talking about Critters. And I believe Critters is one of the earliest films, or earliest roles of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And they talk about a theoretical sequel of like Critters 4. It's like, this is pretty terrible. Like, no, just movie mm-hmm. monster flick from the 80s like wouldn't it be great if we could bring Leonardo DiCaprio back to appear <laughs> in a sequel you know, do you know there's like movies where like, big actors appeared in and like got the start of their career I want to see them I want to see big actors have to would come Leo back have do... the reverence for critters to come back as Leo DiCaprio now like he's what started yeah. his career but is he a big enough he's asshole like... to just say no fuck you I'm too big for this but it'd be really funny if he did or if, like, somehow he was contractually obligated to appear in a sequel <laughs> shenanigans. They signed it, and it was just him starting out his career. You are obligated contractually to star in any sequel, and they never have, like, a date with standing on that. Yeah, that's, like, that's what happened with um, Die Hard. Because Die Hard was an adaptation of a book, mm. which I believe had already been made into a film series or something like that, or they had an option on it. And Frank Sinatra was the original actor considered the role. He was in his 70s when they were making Die Hard. So they were contractually obligated to offer the role of John McClane to Frank Sinatra. Oh my god. Can you imagine how much of a weirder movie that would be? If he was like a 70 year old man just doddering. He would have been retired cop. To be fair, like what Bruce Willis is like 60 odd when he made the last Die Hard Mm. movie. He's getting up there. You got Sylvester Stallone in his 60s, 70s making Rambo movies. And we're talking about just early naughty movies, not Die Hard, mm-hmm. um, but just like, you know, in vain of stupid ones. I just remembered one that I really enjoy, and I don't know why, but it's Evolution. Oh, that movie was like, so good! I don't know why I like that movie so much, but I loved it as a kid. I watched it all the time. I had it on VHS, and me and my brother watched it all the time. Like, it has so many good lines. <laughs> Like, just I still remember the line of like when there's that bug like under his skin and it's crawling towards his bum, oh, and the guy and I think they have the like they need to go in. We've got to go in through the back door, and like they say, there's no time for lubricant, and the guy goes, "There's always somebody chats at it. There's always time for lubricant." It's like we're gonna have to take his leg off. It's like you can't take my leg. You can't take my leg. Oh man! And then say, "Oh, ooh, we think he's heading towards the cross." Like, take the leg. Take the leg. Oh, they beat the monster as well. Is it like they get a head and shoulder shampoo? That sounds about right, yeah. Like they spray the final monster oh, with shampoo. Right. And like, oh, what a. I want that pushed. Yeah, let's get that back. Let's bring back. And let's bring David Duchovny back as well. <laughs> bring them all back. 
get it all done. I want to see all this shit. This could be great. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see the ultimate sequel, like Evolution. I want to see Evolution two. What? What's like further past Evolution? Got further beyond. Just call it further beyond. Or a, pre- or a, or a prequel. What pre-evolution? <laughs> pre- there it is. Pre-evolution. Have a prequel to it, and then just use the most amount of CGI to de-age David Duchovny. You need a bit. You you, you got to spend like eight million dollars just on his eyebrows. The sequel to Evolution, Mega Evolution. Yeah. There we go. We make it a Pokemon crossover. <laughs> there we yeah, go. Just that's how we get evolution back. We bring it to a Pokemon crossover. I, I just want to see all this. I want to see all these things realized. And do you know what? I'd be more excited to re- see any of them realized than I would for people's yeah. trilogy. It was in like the push of like, oh yeah, redo the prequel trilogy with better CGI. It's like fuck off. No, 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 no. I'd want to see a remake it with worse CGI. Yes, demake it. I'd watch that version. It, yeah. So there's like what demakes of games where they make them more like PS1 graphics. Bloodborne PS1. Do that. <laughs> yeah, do that with the uh, prequel trilogy. I want to see that actually. But Lucas, you know what? We can call it there for today. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I would just like to plug my YouTube and Twitch. You can find me doing stuff uh, gaming related over there. Um, yeah, I'll post a link in my channel. It right is now. Legend of Kanto. Um, in terms of my Twitch, Thursday nights I've been streaming Paper Mario the thousand year door and now apart from mm-hmm. when we're doing bigger streams together and stuff i'm going to try to commit to doing trials of osiris and destiny 2 on friday nights as well okay just like the pvp um, and game store if you know you know you know you know okay and then for me um uh, people in my chat right now i'll be streaming again in about two hours i'll be playing some more destroy all humans and mm-hmm. uh, we're like you know traveling the world as crypto spiridium and finding the skeleton beam because <laughs> that game features one of my favorite tropes in sci-fi which is um, just the skeleton beam, which is a weapon that just turns people into a skeleton. Because there's no weapon more horrifying than just a weapon that makes you become. There a is skeleton. the probe gun, man. That's that's terrible. But like during like Mars mm. attacks, when the aliens just have that beam and it turns everyone into a skeleton, and they like eradicate an entire army in thirty seconds. And you just look at it and go, "How do you beat yep. this? How do you beat a weapon that, be- that turns you into a skeleton?" Uh-huh. So I'll be playing that, and then I'm not sure when I'm streaming again for the rest of the week. But you like Google Pals, not one. You'll find the shaman. Hell yeah.